everyone, Delfina here to tell you about a Kickstarter that I just launched called Shark Friend Shenanigans. It's stickers, pins, totes, and coloring books featuring friendly sharks for all ages to enjoy. You can hop on board now through October 11th at sombulus.com slash sharks. Thank you so much for any support you can give and enjoy the show. anything and everything webcomics. Today we're going to be talking about lettering, putting the words on the art of your comic, panels, and tips and tricks to keep everything readable. I'm Crispy, my pronouns are she, they, and I make the comics Ghost Junk Sickness and Lunar Blight. And I'm Delphina, my pronouns are she, her, and I make the webcomic Sombulous. I'm Claire, also known as Clam, my pronouns are she, her, I make the webcomic Phantom Marine. All right, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. This is going to be a nice little basic tips and tricks for lettering. We're going to kind of get into stuff to be aware of, things that people who are more savvy with lettering could kind of pick up or or relate to as well. Um, And also we're going to kind of go through some of our own struggles and successes with lettering. So I'm going to go for the first question and I'm going to just throw this right at you, Delphi. So what tools do you use for making word bubbles lettering and what do you use it? Like, how do you use it to compose art and and whatnot? And like, how do you make it fit? Oh, that's always the question. Yeah. How, <laughs> how to make it fit. That's the art of lettering, basically. So when I was first starting out, I was drawing on paper. I was drawing. I didn't have like a digital program or anything. So you kind of have to plan like your word bubbles if you don't want to be erasing a lot of your drawing Mm -hmm. to like write stuff down. And so when I was doing these goofy little comics in history class, that's what I would do. I would, I would start drawing this anime face and then I would have to erase the top half of the anime face to put the words on the thing. And so I didn't want to have to erase my drawings every time I wanted to put words in. So I started planning words first and then drawing under them or, or around them or something like that. And then when I went to digital, I got Photoshop. Photoshop was the first thing I was trying to make comics in. And that became a little easier because I was able to type out the words and move them around so I could find the best place for them. But it wasn't perfect because a lot of times I was trying to like not even use a bubble, not even use anything to like block off the art behind it. So it was just like, do I add a stroke around the text or whatever? And a lot of times my stuff ended up looking very busy. So I got into word bubbles. I used the vector tool in Photoshop to make ovals. And then I would type text on a different layer and just kind of move the text to be somewhere in the middle of the bubble. And I would also use the vector pen tool to make a little pointer arrow to go to the face of the person who was talking. And so I think there was a lot of trial and error for me about Mm -hmm. how much room 
to leave for bubbles and, and where to put them. But you get a sense of it after working for a while, like what's readable, what the order that you should put them in the in the panels are to like make the speaking order clear if one character's on the left and one character's on the right. You don't want the person on the right to speak first because we read from left to right, stuff like that. And then I got Clip Studio and Clip Studio, I actually really like their word bubble tool. There was a previous version I was using that had just ovals, but they've added more rectangular ovals, yeah. I guess, in later versions. And I sort of moved towards that. They're real simple. You can put your text in there and it will automatically center it and and kind of leave some space around it. So you're not having the words but right up against the borders. I like that a lot. I think that's that's a pretty easy one. So I, I wish I had had that from the beginning because yeah. I think my text would have been a lot more consistent that way. But everything I learned in Photoshop and whatnot was still applicable as far as planning your compositions and, and making sure that you have enough places for word bubbles and stuff. One of the things I like too in Clip Studio is because I use the paneling tools in there, I can draw stuff in my panel. And then if I don't leave enough room for a word bubble, I can shrink my sketch or I could rotate it or I can I can move it down or I could flip it if I want the person on the right to be speaking first. And so all these little digital tricks to try to make sure I have enough room for my word bubble are really helpful to do right there in the sketch phase before I go on to inking. So that's kind of my order of operations. I, I like to have my sketches and my words in there at the same time, make sure everything's gelling that way. And then I'll move on to going forward with inking and coloring. Interesting. I really like hearing like how your process of well, obviously with webcomics, it will evolve over the time and over the years and stuff like that. But that was really cool to kind of hear like, hmm, I'm going to hand draw it, kind of kind of see what's going on and then erase the drawing because, you know, anime faces come first kind of thing. So it's true. You have to draw the anime eye, then like the nose, then the mouth, maybe some other. Don't do it in this order. This is not the wrong order. Don't don't do this. But you start somewhere. You always got to start somewhere. Uh, how about you, Clam? What was your process starting out doing your comic? So I think even from the start, I knew that that lettering and word bubbles and everything was probably going to be my weakest link, um, just in the whole process of getting something together and put on putting it on a page. Um, I I have gotten better, but even I, yeah, I will admit, like it's it. I was correct. <laughs> Like it was very, very hard at the start. Um, I I remember being so overwhelmed just trying to get the art done. I I did put the bubbles on the page initially, so I would draw around them. I would plan things out so I never had like bubble over top of character's face because mm -hmm. that's the only place it could go. Um, but I often didn't draw the art behind the bubbles. So like if I wanted to change my mind on something, it was quite difficult later on. So there's <laughs> all of these pages are so like Frankenstein together in terms of like me changing my mind a couple years down the line because like, oh, I learned this was something that I shouldn't be doing or this is something I should be doing. So I I certainly didn't start cleanly, but I think I... I kind of prepared myself mentally where I was like, this is just how it's going to be. Like, this is the part of comic making that I know the least about in mm -hmm. terms of 
like sheer technical limitations and requirements because at the very least like I took I took a typography class in college that at the very least taught me very basic thoughts about like at the very least make it legible whatever you do make it so you can read it that is the number one goal but it also taught me that all of the other things I did not have the intuition for so like make room for things to be changed, things to be altered. I had the thought of like hand lettering everything from the start. And oh. even, even my brain was just like, Claire, please stop. Do not do that. <laughs> no. Like you, you will die. This is how you end yourself. And I'm like, I, but in terms of like the process of making bubbles, very similar to Delphi, I started in Photoshop, but I was dumb and I didn't do the vector tool because I didn't know about the vector tool, or at least my brain temporarily forgot about it so like you'll you'll see like this interesting progression over the course of like a whole chapter where like I've got a template for these like I I use these rectangular but rounded rectangle bubbles like was mentioned before Uh, I've heard them called squircles and I'm like that's great I love that (laughs) but I I use that and I use the same thing over and over again so I didn't have to hand draw them but you can just see like the quality and the pixelation like decreasing and increasing respectively (laughs) over the course of a chapter and right now I am paying the piper on that so don't be like me use your vectors which now I do because now I I do all my lettering and clip and oh gosh it is like the actual text tool in clip is not my favorite and it's not I don't think it's nearly as good as what photoshop has but in terms of like just comic bubbles and the tails that you can make go anywhere and you can like if I wanted to do any sort of fancy shapes I would have to export it back into procreate and then bring it back and then now I can just be like I want this thing to look like a snake all the way across the page and I can it's great Mm -hmm. um so yeah just kind of some shifting things here and there but like I don't know I I think I just always knew it would be a weakness for me. And I think even now, like anybody reading the comic who has an eye for lettering knows that I'm not a letterer, mm-hmm. but I think that's also kind of okay. So long as you just keep checking in with other people who know better, looking at some tutorials here and there, like, but also just realizing if you're starting this and it's been like five years and you've learned five years worth of lettering stuff on your own without a, cl- without a class, like, that's fine. You yeah. you can always go back and fix things if you really want to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm shaking your hand, both of you, with like lettering starting out being so difficult with all the kind of things that you have to learn along the way. Because, I mean, I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions here, but a lot of people go into comics because it has that strength in art and writing right Mm -hmm. and then of course you're going to have all these little tiny hats you pick up along the way that you have to learn these skill sets with and to your point Claire I don't think that you have to be perfect at it if you are someone who's really awesome at lettering that's super cool Um, but you don't need to be like oh my god I need to take the class and know all the things when I do Mm -hmm. the lettering there are some tips to make it readable and that is key for that yeah 
there's nothing worse than a not readable font. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Because, like, that's the thing, too. People feel like they have to get very artistic. If you're coming yeah. from an art ba- background, maybe you feel like, I really want this to be, like, special and standout thing. And you don't have to. You know, mm-hmm. that's not necessary at all as long as it's readable is it's probably fine yeah i'm gonna get like the most gothic font with like the longest letter h little tails and everything and it's gonna look super epic not gonna be readable but it's gonna look so good no like i'm sure i'm sure your story is wonderful i just have to imagine it i don't know what's going on yeah well there's a difference between display fonts and and fonts that are meant to be read so a display font is basically something that's you know you got your curls or you got your funky sort of fonts and stuff and those are meant for like one or two words Mm -hmm. at a time they're not meant for entire sentences and when you have to process an entire page of those the reader kind of gets fatigued and that's what you don't want so you really have to go in mind with the simple fonts for dialogue you can use kind of special fonts for emphasis you know maybe somebody says one word or something in a very flowery way so you might choose a cool looking font to like emphasize that or sound effects those could be some really cool things but when you're doing like a full sentence Mm -hmm. make sure that's like a super simple font to read ask around get your peers opinions and stuff try a couple different ones and and find something that's easy to read yeah yeah you know this actually is is a good kind of segue because i i did want to ask how did you go about choosing your font for your comic i'm going to start with you delphi mine wasn't always uh, at first i thought i really wanted to do just like a sans serif font but i didn't know if it after a while, it didn't really like feel like it suited me. I went on blambot.com, which is a really great website for comic fonts, specifically for comic-friendly fonts. I know a lot of American comic letters are all caps. I personally really like a mixed case. I like having lowercase and uppercase letters. So that was important to me mm-hmm. to find... a a font that had that and so the font that i i bought eventually is called cloud splitter i think it's pretty good it's 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 kind of got that handwritten look but it has a lot of options about like when you bold it it kind of uh, italicizes things too so it kind of it, it makes that look a little little better and i really like it i've stuck with it for a while i've tried a couple other fonts and and they didn't really stick with me as much but yeah blambot's a really good one you can look around on fontscroll.com though the the further out you get from font websites that are intended for comics the more you might run into that issue where you find those display fonts Mm -hmm. that aren't really meant for comic dialogue so that's a thing that you have to watch out for and a lot of these places will have like searchable like filters or whatever for sans serif or serif for handwritten fonts or, or things like that so look around see if there's comic options that's always helpful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lambo is an awesome resource definitely encourage a lot of folks to look at that and it's something that's always like posted throughout communities in comics as well when it has sales because it regularly does 
So always go to check there. You also have access to look at the licenses because it's something else you got to pay attention to if you were deciding to print it or, or do other things with it is what you actually can do uh, with the lettering. So pay attention to the rights to the lettering if you buy them or download them from places. Um, and with that, I'm going to poke you, Claire, about how did you choose your font? Well, that's perfect because the whole Blambot thing, kind of buying a license and moving into using it legitimately is exactly what I ended up doing. Because I didn't know about Blambot initially because I started comic making stuff while in a cave. And I was like, I just know of a couple sites that um, are good for just finding random mm -hmm. fonts and typefaces. I used, initially it was, uh, I don't know if, I actually don't know if it's pronounced dafont or dafont.com. Um, they've got so, so many different fonts. I'm, I'm sure several of them are stolen or not legit or, yeah, uploaded illegally in some form. So I, I know that as soon as I found out that the one that I had downloaded from that one was a Blambot one, uh, and I started selling the comic at cons and monetizing it online and things like that. I bought a license immediately. I was just like, oh gosh, this is from here? Absolutely. So it it's not expensive. You get it forever. I guess beyond a couple of limitations here and there, like it's yours. And mm -hmm. yeah, everybody I know, everybody I know at least uses Blambot in like one comic, if not all of them. So yeah. it's... <laughs> It is such a good resource. If you're if you're not aware of it, become aware of it. It's yes. fabulous. <laughs> I've I've definitely gone and gotten some inspiration from there from Blambot to just see how the letters interact and a lot of the the fonts that they use, they're really aimed towards being comic fonts. Mm -hmm. And like Delphi was kind of saying, is that you want a comic font to be readable and existing in a bubble and when you have something really really fancy like our super gothic awesome super cool letter h things like yeah that'll look good with a title here and there or a really cool word in one of the bubbles but to read that whole thing will definitely cause readers to get some fatigue with that so yeah you you want to be cautious about having it be quite readable um with those things Mm -hmm. I did a test page like s at least seven years ago at this point where I, I downloaded a bunch of different ones and I just tried the dialogue in all of them. And I was just like, okay, a lot of these ones, they would look really, really good in kind of a context of like, I'm just going to write out quick brown fox jumps over lazy dog sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it, it looks good not on a page. So then you download it and you're like, oh, this is great. And then you look at it on the page. It's like, oh god like <laughs> something's wrong and i i remember i downloaded some that it would match the comic again like delphi said in terms of like a display font using yeah. it as like chapter headers or the title itself like it if you looked at that font in isolation it looked like it matches the comic but in actual use it would either be too thin or not really matching the line weight that I use when I do use lines, which is rare, but it happens. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, it, I kept falling back on the one that I use is called Digital Strip 2.0 BB for very specific sort of stuff. It's it's so basic in terms of like, this is just a comic font that can be used everywhere. But 
like I'd rather have that than something where I get a message like three years down the line being like I love the art of this comic but I've never been able to read it and it's like oh. whoa oh god because I know people like that where yeah. you you open it up and you're just like I guess I'm gonna have to do my best or not so yeah <laughs> far better to err on the side of like boring basic or to you what's boring and basic but in terms of like actual designs of these fonts like they're designed this way for a reason so there's no reason to fight that you don't want people being so distracted with your weird original font that they can't <laughs> like they can't like look at your art like your art is there to be the like the cool eye-catching thing as ignorable as you can make the text as possible that's actually probably a good thing especially if you don't know what you're doing just like make sure that that is so intuitive and easy to read that people don't even give it a second thought and once you get there then you can start playing with, okay, well now, now I'm going to introduce some special things to the font that is going to like challenge you because I've established a normal. And uh, like I say in graphic design, like you can't make everything bold. You can't make every text bold because then nothing is bold. Mm -hmm. You have to use like special effects or whatever as, as highlights because then they'll actually mean something. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's such a good point, too. Uh, and I did want to say that as much as the font Comic Sans is kind of uh, <laughs> japed about, it actually was created and designed to be a very readable font. And it's really, really easy to just power through places that have it. And there are lots of people who do still use it for that reason, specifically because it is readable. Um, and that's what you want. You want people to to have that accessibility to your work, you want it to be easy and readable for that. So I'm going to actually jump right in there. Like, how do you keep stuff readable? Yeah, it's about choosing a font, but I feel like that there's other things that we have to kind of pay attention to when we're doing that font. So what do we got to say about that, Delphi? Oh, gosh. Okay. So once you choose the font, you also have to choose colors and, mm -hmm. and a word bubble treatment. So like... The most readable thing is usually going to be a white bubble with a black outline and black text inside of it. You don't have to do that. You can make your bubbles like a little more transparent or, or something like that if you think that's a cool effect. But just note that the further you stray from that, the, the less contrast you're going to have. And contrast is sort of the key to making things seem readable so if you're putting if you decide oh i'm not going to do any bubbles i'm just going to put the um the text straight on the art and it's going to look really cool and seamless and stuff you can do that but you got to be really careful planning your art you have to make sure that none of the art is too busy or fighting with the shapes of your letter mm -hmm. forms because then it starts to become less readable. You might have to like get creative with your your soft brush tool and and like make something darker or something so that a white text would pop off of it or, or something. It's all about the contrast. And so you need to experiment with that. There's no like one rule where I can say, yes, this color on this color always works because everyone's art is different. So you do want to experiment with that. You want to show it around to people and say, is this easy to read or not? I don't tend to like 
colored fonts too much. There's some people who get away with it. I think Sleepless Domain gets away with it. And they use colored fonts for a very specific reason because they're magical girls and they have these um, powers associated with them. And everybody who has powers gets this special colored font and everybody who's a normie just gets black fonts Mm -hmm. um and so i think that's kind of cool but i've seen people who change font styles font colors font shapes for every character and that doesn't work for me it's never gonna be cohesive you're gonna have people questioning why did this suddenly change and and the more internal friction that you give the reader like that mm-hmm. the more it's going to throw them out of what you want them to pay attention to which is the characters and the story and the plot so whatever you can do to just make that easier for the reader even if it seems boring to you um which is what we were saying before even if it seems boring it's not boring it's just accessible yeah And accessibility is always, always, always what you want to be aiming for. Yeah, definitely key here. You want to keep the people who are clicking on your work to stay and read your work, um, you know, for that reason. Like, Like Claire said, it's just there's nothing worse than years down the road. Someone being like, your comic looks nice, but yikes, I cannot read a single thing on that. So definitely things to look out for what about you claire you got some got some hot tips um hot tips based on mistakes i've made absolutely (laughs) which is which is always the case but i i did want to uh go back to the idea of using colored fonts because i i love the idea of it especially Mm -hmm. like in theory you want to use whatever you have i guess in your little comic maker toolkit to be able to add flavor to these characters. Yes. Like I I know that I I think I did a test page where I did try and use some colored fonts, but it just it was too hard to balance. I was just like I just it didn't feel right, but you can transfer that color usage into either the balloons or like the outline of the balloons, which is what I ended up doing where ultimately like it's Black text, white balloon, red outline for whenever uh, Cheth talks in my comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when other characters talk, it might be a different color outline. And then I can kind of flip it in and out. Like it'll, the bubble will go black with white text when something really serious is going on or like Cheth is yelling or whatever. So like, I think try not to touch the initial font that much. Like, I know that there are certain circumstances where you do want to do that. And one of them actually did happen to me where the first version that I downloaded of Digital Strip 2.0, for some reason, the leading, which is the space between lines uh, in typography, uh, the leading was very big. It was it was huge. And I had that for several years until I again, I got a comment from somebody yeah, basically saying like, Lamau, like, why are these bubbles so big? Space between oh. lines so huge. And I'm just like immediately like shrink into my shell. No. <laughs> and then of course you do the thing where it's like, wait, what did I do? So you go look at other comics and you're like, by God, 
I've been doing it terribly. And I, <laughs> I, I spent like maybe a solid week. I stopped doing all my drawing and I just went right back and I'm just like, no, 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 no. This is all wrong. And I, I changed the letting on all of it to the point where it, it looked more like what other comics were doing. And mm-hmm. part of me is like, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Like not, you don't necessarily need to be shamed into doing your lettering like everybody else or like the industry standard because then we might not have some comics that I think have really cool lettering Mm -hmm. so it really it's I, I think just for me like I know that I I should fall back on what's been done before I should at the very least respect it just because like that's that's somebody who's made a typeface that knows far better than I Mm -hmm. why it looks this way. And I, like, I I do a lot of stuff with hand lettering in terms of, like, if a character's shouting or if there's a sound effect or just, I I actually really like doing hand lettering, but I know that I am not the kind of person that can design a font or a typeface to be used in a comic at a small size. Like, Mm -hmm. I can work big. I can't work small because I know the thought process that goes into all of that. Like it is, it's an art as much as it is a science in terms of like dealing with, I guess the contrast of shapes, like Delphi was saying, and why does this a look different than this a like there, there is a whole it's engineering, it's design. Mm -hmm. And you, you can take a little bit of the art out of it and mold it to your own thing. But never forget why it's successful it's successful because somebody (laughs) made it I guess according to their expertise and it's right there like you can take it and use it right out of the box and nobody is going to shame you for that and I think I think more people need to just be like okay I'm gonna put all my effort into the art I'm gonna put all my effort into the layout of these pages lettering somebody else has done for me thank you moving on Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and like we've kind of pushed a little bit, places like Defont or uh, Blambot, and you do want to be a little careful on other places like Defont uh, with the licensing as far as that go. But there are a lot to choose from. There are a lot of things to kind of take a look-see and kind of figure out what works with your comic. Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, <laughs> with all the little hats that we're wearing, we still want to make sure that it's elevating the piece of the entire page and the entire story. So you do want something that complements each other when you're kind of going for it. Um, and sometimes it takes a while to get that font that makes sense for the comics that you do. Uh, but don't go overboard and don't go way too, you know, super duper fancy to the point of like, like it not being legible or, or anything like that. Because again, you're, you're going to drive some people away and it's going to be hard to actually understand the greatness of the little story that we're all telling kind of here. And, you know, if we can avoid losing readers because of that, that's a victory. That's a gain for me. I did want to add to a point uh, with also keeping it readable. Uh, a lot of times in little comic spaces you'll hear people talk about their um, fonts and stuff like that they choose Uh, another thing that you're going to kind of hear is them talking about kerning along with the letting that uh, Claire was talking about but kerning is the adjustment of negative space between the letters so that the letters themselves in like words and stuff like that aren't hugging each other like there's nothing worse than the letter k 
poking out and punching the letter E and it's so squished that you're just like, oh, I don't even know what this says or the opposite effect uh, where your letters are just so far apart. Your <laughs> sentence looks like alphabet soup in your bubbles. So uh, just to avoid that, kind of get that feedback from people you trust uh, or little comics groups. Uh, we still have our little Discord server that has some workshop places for people who can help each other out pop on in there and get some you know some tips and tricks from that um but moving on uh so we we discussed getting our bubbles and our fonts and stuff like that nice and readable and accessible i want to ask though because we're trying to make it all pretty for our comics when we're lettering and and getting into the groove how do we leave room for words in in the compositions that we make like you know what if i I, I don't know where to start. What if I just start drawing my anime girl? And what do I do? How do I start this, Delphi? Help me. Way to call me out on my anime girls. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, a lot of times as the writer and artist of my own comic, I need to edit my script. I have written too many words. I have it's going to be a wall of text if I put it on all on there. And so when I get to the point where I'm sketching and I'm trying to fit all this stuff in a single bubble, it's not working. So don't be afraid to edit your script. I have to hope if you're working with a writer, make sure that they know that this needs to happen because even as an artist, you are part of the team that is communicating this story so mm -hmm. you do have a role in how it communicates and part of that role is how many damn words are in that stupid bubble <laughs> so so cut it down if you need to a lot of times i do choose shorter words sometimes if you want to talk about somebody who strolled down the street or meandered down the street maybe you could just say walked that's shorter I try, as a personal rule of thumb for myself, I don't put more than one sentence in a bubble. If I have more than one yes. sentence to say in a bubble, I, I split it off into a connected bubble. But I don't try to do that like more than two or three times in a panel. And mm -hmm. that's that's only when it's it's like a they're very short statements or, or whatever. So anytime I want to pause or something, if you have a sentence that's kind of long, look for a comma or something. And see if you can you can break that that statement apart into two different statements that can be in two different bubbles. A lot of times that will help you. I have a personal rule that I don't do more than four lines of text oh. in a in a bubble. Um, so if anything is is expanding into five or something like that, I really try to cut it down try to see if there's any shorter way I can say things or maybe communicate some things with the art instead of trying to make the person in the bubble say everything. As far as composition for my sketches are concerned, I also, I try to leave about either it, like there's kind of the golden ratio thing of like you can draw a three by three grid on something and and you'll know that something is compositionally solid if mm -hmm. like you can keep things within the grid so I try to do that with panels sometimes um so leaving one third or two thirds of any dialogue heavy panel as free space usually works out for me if I can if I can reserve one 
one third of the top or one third of the side or something like that, um, I can usually get enough text in there. And again, if you're using the paneling tool in Clip Studio and you have a sketch in there and it's too big and, and the bubble's just going into Anime Girl's face, <laughs> then you can scoot Anime Girl over and like crop in a little bit. You need, don't need to show her whole head. Sometimes it can actually look nicer if you crop in because you can get more of the expression and stuff. So that's a, a way to go about it. Don't be afraid to play with the scale of things, how far back people are. That's a problem I have a lot where I draw people um, way too close. I can actually work better if I if I shrink it down, if I shrink down my sketch so that the person is farther away. And that also gives me the environmental establishing shots that I usually try to avoid, like the plague. So that can also help with your lettering. It, it's a lot. It can be a lot. And you're not always going to get it right. But as long as you're doing art behind the panels, even if it's like very simplified, like splotchy backgrounds, arts behind your bubbles, if you need to change it in the future and you keep your layered files, you will always be able to do that. So I know we're throwing out a lot of different like little rules and tips and tricks and stuff like that. But that's kind of the beauty of working digitally is that you can always change it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As someone who has uh, <laughs> uh, gone through many versions of lettering our comic, I will say, uh, just to kind of put it short, uh, I'm going to do a rundown of what we used to do. <laughs> Just a, as a call out to myself. So starting out with Ghost Chunk Sickness, we actually used to do this thing uh, where we did, we, we do, and uh, we always will do our comics traditionally. Um, they're all inked by hand. So when we started, we were like, okay, let's just do it. Woo! And we made uh, horrible decisions on where our text and dialogue is going to go. So we didn't actually script it. We scripted it in thumbnails and we didn't actually put room or places of where said uh, script was going to fit into the actual comic. So by the time we put the lettering, we're like, huh, where is a bubble going to look good? Maybe here. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll go here. Oh, it, gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all over the place. Uh, oh, I, it gets worse. Don't worry. So we're like, OK, OK, this is a normal comic. Whatever. It's going to go here. So. Then you had that, you had that, and we we scanned it in, and we had Photoshop elements. So I didn't know what a vector was. I didn't do much. I don't even know what the capabilities are of Photoshop elements as far as vectoring goes. But anyway, so my very smart butt was like, you know what we should do because obviously we want to keep it looking like it's hand drawn. And I have no idea. I don't know why I'm not Googling how to do bubbles. But anyway, I'm going to just do it by my student pants. Is I'm going to draw the bubbles by hand. And then we're going to scan these assets. And then we're going to put it on the computer to free transform these bubbles. <laughs> Every word of that hurts my psyche. <laughs> Every word of that. No, baby, no. <laughs> the cherry on top was that the bubbles during that time were manga style bubbles because, of course, I was wanting to do manga style stuff. Of course. And, <laughs> and what I mean with that is that 
in manga, they have bubbles that are more long vertically because that's what's going to fit uh, the lettering type that works there with Japanese. And then, of course, um, usually in more Western styles, when we're writing in English, it suits it to be more like horizontally kind of long or more circular shaped. That was not the case for my hand-drawn acid bubbles. Also, oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. These hand-drawn acid bubbles also had their own pre-drawn in bubble tails. <laughs> so they had to be at a certain point on the page so that they would actually connect to the character's mouth that we didn't plan for. <laughs> Oh, Christy. Oh. Uh, needless to say, I am currently, as we record this episode, redoing the entire lettering with space on Ghost Chuck <laughs> to get ready for print. So as a warning, don't be me. Plan for things to be inside of your comic <laughs> and where lettering and, and bubbles need to go and, and plan for the art to fit with what's going on and the beats and stuff like that and do what Delphi says and have no more than if, if you're going on three sentences of bubble, you ho oh, oh, Nelly, it's it's gonna look like like a lot. It's it's gonna be overwhelming, it's it's gonna crunch up the art, it's gonna be hard to read. And another thing is during this time of the digital age where we're reading comics online, a lot of things that we have to consider is font size too. There's certain places like, I don't know on Tapas, but I know on Webtoon you can't zoom in. So if you release something with too small of text and you can't zoom in with your pinchy fingers, uh, that's that's gonna suck because people can't read your comic because it has too small a font. So things to consider when you do that. Um, depending on layout, of course, um, but it's always something in the back of my mind that not a lot of people like to zoom in on every page when they're scrolling or flipping through your comic. So try to keep a nice, consistent, cohesive size uh, that makes sense, but something that could be read still at, I guess it's max size too for that. It's really interesting that you mentioned the mobile reading experience, because especially with Webtoons and Tapas, like they've changed some rules. Like there are some things that are more intuitive if you know your reader is primarily going to be on a phone. And so the font will look huge to me because I'm used to a smaller print size. I'm, I'm designing for print. That might not be the case if you're making a scroll comic. So it's always a good idea. I think Clam mentioned this, too where you want to you go around and look at comics that you like and like just literally like take a screenshot of their page line it up against your page see if is your font bigger or smaller than theirs are your bubbles bigger or smaller than theirs like look at the ratios of yes. what where they're putting their stuff and what is working because a lot of times you'll learn about wow I'm making my my bubbles really small compared to this person and theirs looks normal so I think it'll look normal if I mm -hmm. make mine that big too I think it's it's really interesting to see how things change depending on what you're you're making them for too though and and especially with with mobile devices it's just it's gonna look very different if you're lettering for that first versus like american comic book format which is just like 
million bubbles per <laughs> second and like yeah it there find your balance find what works for for your type of story for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and uh definitely to everyone's point here is always shop around and look at other comics uh the number one piece of advice that i like to give to people who are looking to make comics or wanting to improve or anything like that is to read comics and to look at stuff that's like wow this is making a really huge impression on me i want to do that this is cool and and take those as your first and foremost inspiration because we can learn things from each other and learn from our mistakes and whatnot so definitely huge encouragement there now i'm going to kind of do a little dance uh with us talking so much about lettering uh one of the more or less talked about i guess aspects of lettering is kind of the sound effects now when i talk about this in spaces with comic creators it's always a hit or a miss whether people like to do them like to have them or care about them at all or super duper love them so i kind of want to know your opinions on how to plan or implement sound effects in your comic delphi okay this is this is my weakness because i i definitely do not care (laughs) (laughs) there we go (laughs) Uh, well sometimes i care enough to hand letter them if i have like a big boom that's going across the page i have a big magic effect then i will sketch it out usually what i'll try to do is if i know how many letters i'm gonna sketch out how long the word is or whatever i'll draw a little a sketch of of the box outline basically the footprint of each letter so that i know i have enough room and i know that if i want to do this effect where it starts like it's small in the center but then it gets really big towards the Mm. outer edges um i just kind of plan that out with with rectangles compositionally and that way i can just draw each letter inside its rectangle when i'm inking the letters and i always do that on a separate layer make sure that's not on the same layer as your inks because sometimes you don't want it there but then if you do it on a separate layer too you can also add like outline effects which sometimes you really need to do to make it stand out from your artwork or or something like that but most of the time i'm just so tired by the time i'm i'm done with (laughs) my my page i'm like i colored this i shaded this i have to add the part where they're turning the doorknob and makes a creaky noise so i usually just use my normal dialogue font which is cloud splitter i i make it italics i maybe i i tilt it a little i use the transform tool to <laughs> make it a little diagonal to follow the curve of the doorknob or what have you and i call it a day because i'm just not <laughs> i'm not there for that <laughs> everyone has things that really excite them about the comic process i applaud the people who who really get into hand drawn sound effects but it is not me (laughs) it's me i love to do it (laughs) that's beautiful that's beautiful (laughs) tell us about your experience yeah come on clam oh my god all through that i'm just like sitting here internally screaming because i'm just like (laughs) no 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 you you have so much power like sound effects are art they can be (laughs) and like i i i don't know like 
I used to not draw so many of them, partially, again, because I was afraid and I knew that, like, this this is something that also has a high level of design and, like, you're... It's very hard to convey certain sound effects, especially trying to match my style with, like, you know, I'll, I'll look up reference for, like, a kaboom sound effect in, like, a comic book, and you'll see clip art that, like, if I put that onto my comic page, like it would stand out like a, a giant sore thumb. So I, I I do very much have opinions with a capital O about mm-hmm. like, you have to be very careful if you do want to use like stock sound effect clip art kind of stuff. Or even if you like draw ones to have for your own little library, you still have to make it work for the page. Like never forget that the page is a design unto itself. So if you just like have a sticker and you slap it on top and you're just like, all right, I'm done. Like, I don't know. I I sit there and I'm just like, "Mm, no, like, (laughs) like, again, I, I completely understand. Like if it's not, if it's not your cup of tea, like you've got other things to do. Absolutely. But I, I, I've grown to like it a lot. I also struggle with it a lot because there's, there's sometimes where, like, especially because I have a, a mostly lineless style, I can't really rely on lines a lot of the time or else it'll just kind of dominate the whole page in its own way. So I've had to figure out, like, do I want it fading in? Do I want to, like, have a blur effect so it looks like motion, but, like, your stock motion blur thing is always going to look so incongruous with how I draw. I have to just kind of do it myself. So I don't know. I, 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 I've, some of my favorite pages are the ones where I have absolutely no like fonts on them. It's mm-hmm. ones where I just draw either sound effects or God, one of my favorite ones to work on was a page in the most recent chapter that I finished where a character is just screaming at another <laughs> character. Like every single word on that page is hand lettered in like my standard, like, kaboom kind of way and it it was just like oh I can I have ultimate control over this and I have ultimate ability to make it part of the art and I was just like oh nom 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 because I don't (laughs) I don't I don't have to like worry about like oh it's gonna look cruddy with the lettering on top of it like all right because that's (laughs) often the case I finish a page and I'm just like all right I guess the characters have to talk here we go yeah (laughs) Like, I don't want to be in that mindset, but that is often the case. So when I am able to convey things just with drawing the words that I need, I'm just mm-hmm. like, yes, thank you so much. But I I don't fault anybody who doesn't like that either. It's just, for me, it it, it kind of hits that, that nice sweet spot between art and lettering that I can tolerate rather than full lettering. <laughs> <laughs> It just adds that little bit of flair for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it, it is cool. You can learn or you can do it to really make the page come together as well. Have your own personal touch. Uh, like you were saying, having that one character just absolutely rip into the other character adds to the emotions of the scene and stuff like that. And then like even Delphi using the sound effects like with her own chosen font, like if it melds with the page that you're doing and like the kind of style that you're doing I, th- I think that's just another good thing to consider in this case 
I think the key word is emotions, though. I think you need to know when you're really trying to hit an emotional beat and when you're not. Because if if it's just people sitting there talking about what they're eating for breakfast, that's probably not a super emotional scene. And you don't need to, like, draw the word eggs with a fancy (laughs) egg-looking font where all the the holes in the letters look like yolks and stuff. Like, that. that's not necessary. (laughs) I mean, it is for a certain genre of comic. I think there's there's some more like indie underground sort of styles where where you kind of explore things like that. And that's okay. I'm making genre fiction, right? And so I want to make sure that if I'm using big sound effects or if I'm using like uh, lettering where someone's shouting or, or, or someone's having an anxiety attack or something like that. And so I do like little scribbly like letters in the background and it, it's kind of like the background noise of their brain that can be really fun yeah but just like explore the emotion behind it that's really the key part when you want to like do these really cool effects in my opinion Mm -hmm. I think it definitely makes for a memorable page and I think that's like a lot of uh our goals here not to make every page memorable because that's exhausting on the uh, creator and I think on the reader too but when you get to those moments of characters or explosions or you know turning points like this is something that you can really do to emphasize that that will really complement the art and really kind of give it that last final touch and speaking of which kind of going in to a little bit of the ending point of our nice little episode about lettering I did want to ask both of you if you had any last tips or tricks or just something that you're like, please avoid this or anything like that you want to tell our listeners. Uh, Delphi, Delphi. Delphi, Delphi. Okay. <laughs> Don't change font sizes between dialogues unless like there there is some sort of actual volume change that you are trying to convey. Like I see a lot of people make the font smaller because the panel is smaller. And so that's what fits in the the font, but try not to do that. Like do anything else before you do that. Just keep everything consistent on the page. Because again, that's another thing that the reader is going to stop and say, why is that bigger than that? And like, you don't want people stopping other fastball tip, like the diamond thing where if you have a, vaguely like circular or ovular bubble you can shape the words you can put the the carriage returns in your words so that like they'll they'll form roughly the shape of a diamond with like a a shorter part on top and then like slightly bigger and slightly bigger in the Mm -hmm. middle and then tapering back down to a a smaller part this is really hard to explain in audio format I could (laughs) I could draw this out for you so easily but Blambot has a lot of tips like that about like the shape of that because I see some people making like the um, submarine sandwich looking balloons where it's like really long across the page Mm. and and, um, it's a little less aesthetically pleasing than something that's kind of rounder and more compact. And like we were saying too, a lot of us were inspired by manga. A lot of manga translations are, are written in those same bubbles that were 
used to contain Japanese characters, which are going top to bottom, but now they've been adapted to English reading. So we have to, we have a horizontal language that we're trying to put in there and they'll, they'll use a lot of conventions and stuff where if all you read is manga, you'll get into that kind of mindset too. And if you are writing in an English language, you don't have to do that. The only reason they're doing that is to respect the art of the original manga but you you shouldn't really emulate that because mm-hmm. that's not really the, the, there's no reason to do that when you're making the entire page from scratch and the other thing is just uh, again just keep things simple if you're not really sure and you're getting stressed out about the the font to use and stuff like that people can kind of talk themselves in circles about like the best font or or whatever but you can usually at the end of the day make a decision choose a font that's good for for comics make it black and and make sure that it's about the same size as whatever other comics that you're reading whatever you're seeing and it'll be fine and fine is better than illegible so don't get too crazy you don't have to get too crazy that just Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> That's like the best advice for like any of the parts and pieces for web comics. <laughs> it, it all boils down to that. The kiss formula. Uh, Claire, do you have anything to add to our hot tips section? I don't have much, but I have a couple things that are currently very much on my brain because I am also in pre-press <laughs> hell. And I want to die. Um, But, oh God. Uh, Biggest things for me right now that I am currently fixing are having, please, if if you're aiming to print your comic at any point in the future, even if it's like 10 years down the line, please, for the love of God, do not post your word balloons so close to the edge of the page that they might be cut off. Um, because I've made this mistake before for printing small booklets and I am deathly afraid of it now, even for a large book, because pre-press don't care. Like it's still possible to have things cut off. You will have a safe zone that represents where you should have all of your word balloons fit on your page. Anything outside of the safe zone is not (laughs) safe. (laughs) And printers can make mistakes cutters can make mistakes like it's it's stuff where you have to enable your page to have the the word balloons not be completely destroyed because i used to try it on like the far margins of the page just being like oh it'll be fine and then half the word balloon is gone and you're just like oh no oh god Um, So please, please get a template or at least figure out what your margins will be for Mm -hmm. printing. If that is your desire in the future, make sure all of your dialogue is in that safe (laughs) zone. Please, please don't be like me. Or me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's something when you're designing for web or webtoon or whatever, like you don't Mm -hmm. think about it until you're like, oh yeah, paper paper has edges <laughs> so the other thing that i am going back and fixing is a is a slightly more nitpicky thing but it's something where like i i read 
on a um on a lettering thing that was like a sure sign of a an, an amateur letterer is somebody who uses I've been calling them like crossbar eyes. Mm. So whenever you're looking at a comic and you see a um a character saying like I'm going to the store, you'll see an eye that has the serifs on top. It won't just be a vertical line. It'll be like bar, vertical line, bar. And that's great. It's it's perfect for anything being like, I'm going to the store. I'm going to do this thing. I'll be here. Like, that is fine. But any other instance, even in like names, you just want that vertical bar mm-hmm. eye. Um, and that's been something I've been going back because I just, again, I hear it ringing in my head, like amateur letterer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess so. So it's, but then I go, <laughs> I, I laughed the other day cause I was reading some of the chainsaw man manga and like, they, they do the, they do that. Like they use the crossbar eye for everything. And I'm just like, well, I guess if they're doing it, it's also fine. So like, Again, it's just small mm-hmm. things where I'm sure that there are, there are ways to bend the rules. There are instances where like you don't need to suddenly read something and go back and be like, I did it all wrong. Help me. But it is something where I, I think there are some things that you can learn. You can choose whether to implement them or not. But ultimately, like everybody has said here, like please make it legible above mm-hmm. everything else. There is nothing wrong with just going for that. Because that is your story. Like, that is going to be a main component of how you convey the dialogue of your characters, the situations they're in. You do not need anything fancy. And yeah, better legible than illegible and fancy. Please, please do that. 100%. And uh, I'm going to add a couple tips of my own, uh, also learning from Prepress Hell. Don't cross balloon tails. Don't do it. It's very confusing for readers when there's crossing balloon tails, unless you're making some kind of silly little jape about it. It doesn't look very nice. Uh, And again, it's very confusing to readers. Just plan your art, plan the person who's talking more accordingly so that it reads way more better good. And lastly, always leave room for words to breathe in the bubble itself. So the bubble shouldn't constrain your words. No, should it be too far that it looks like it's swimming in the bubble as well. So there's kind of like, there's no exact measurement to decide this because we're all going to choose different fonts. But just look at other comics like Clam and Delphi have said. Um, Check out how they're kind of doing the spaces and what is easier for you to read You can actually find more tips on lettering at Blambot. Uh, They have these nice little uh, lettering tips, little tab that has a lot of cool um, little tricks and stuff like that to kind of learn from. They go in a little bit more in depth uh, with digital programs as well. Uh, They talk about masking, which Delphi has kind of talked about with the paneling tools that Clip Studio has that can kind of everything that's in that little panel interacts just in that panel and it's it's just an easy way to edit things so there's a lot more to kind of check out on blambot for that and a lot of visual diagrams as well all right and with that i think it has been a chicken salad caesar wrap i've been crispy and you can find my work at ghost junk sickness and lunarblight.com 
I have been Delphina, and you can find my comic Sombulus at Sombulus.com. I have been Claire Clam. You can read Phantomarine at Phantomarine.com. And right now, I actually really want to hand letter the word egg in yes! a page. I, okay. <laughs> I kind of convinced myself, too. I think that'd be really cute. <laughs> I want to see where I could what fit it in. What if the bubble could. look like a frying pan? Thank you for listening to Screen Tones, a webcomic podcast. Want to know some other ways to support us? Check out our Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash screentonescast, where your support will help us create more episodes, reach cool extra bonus goals, and keep us talking about anything and everything webcomics. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and our Discord server. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, rating, and supporting, and we'll see you next time.